Okay. All right. Everyone's got their water. We got our snacks. We're ready to roll. We are in our away studio right now. Otaconia. Hurrah's living room. What's up, guys? Hi. Welcome to Otaconia. This is Hurrah, your co-host, along with Connor, our hostess with the mostest. Yeah. So, you know, I feel bad. I did all this research into the technology, everything. My recording computer crashed, so we were all just sitting on Hurrah's couch doing an audio-only podcast until my computer gets fixed. So I'm sorry to the people, but... That's just how it's going to have to be. Yeah, imagine we're all like sitting on the couch like friend style, except there's four of us because two of us aren't here. Special guest, we got Chase and Sarah. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so today we are doing Ladder Alice. This is our second official uh, episode. We did some bonus episodes, you know, for the clout, just to get some experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're here with the, uh, the canon Otoconia season. Also, I have to apologize to Chase. I don't think I told the story yet on Otoconia, but Chase and I recorded an entire episode of Glass Animals, our first Zoom show, and none of it recorded. So Loss of history. What a shame. Chase was supposed to be the first special guest, and I just, down the toilet, I just threw it away. It'll be uh, for the OnlyFans subscribers. We'll post it there. <laughs> what should our, only, like, what should our uh, tag be for OnlyFans? Hashtag tool this. Hashtag Check out my tool. Oh, that's pretty good. I like oh, that. there we go. Wow. That should be my like my porn star name or something. I can't wait until you make enough money to pay off all your debts this way. <laughs> so yeah, guys, we were just here on the couch with a just, you know, like we said, a wholesome holiday episode vibe. We're all just sitting on the couch. Hurrah, we're gonna do one of my favorite albums. I'm excited. It is gonna be Ladder Alice by Tool. Woo! Finally, Tool is on the show. <coughs> I just can't believe it took a couple episodes to get there. I mean, knowing me, you guys would have thought of them the very first. I know. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Or, or all just Tool. Yeah. Just all Tool everywhere. Hashtag Tool fan number one. This guy right <laughs> Hashtag here. look at his Tool. <laughs> Check us out on OnlyFans. Uh. <laughs> no, God. Um, but first, we should really thank our first sponsor, right? Woo! Oh my God, yes. Um, Third Eye Coffee. Mm. They have been amazing. Thank you to our first... And best sponsor. Mm-hmm. Aha. Aha. And let's just say to you, what the what a perfect sponsor. I mean, it's a tool themed coffee shop, so it's bougie like hurrah and a tool fan like me. So it's really the perfect fusion of everything Otoconia is all about. I really like their logo also. This yeah. uh, third eye situation mm. makes me feel very aligned with all my <laughs> chakras and everybody else's chakras, you know. Oh, man. And good smells. Oh, yeah, they sent us this beautiful um, awakening, balancing mm. and grounding indigo-infused coffee soap. And it smells like the inside of Lush. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. That's you, high price. You don't That's even know price. my... Can I give a sniff? Yeah, yeah, you should tell me. Oh, tell everyone me. get their noses on that. Mm-hmm. It, it does smell like exactly like a bath bomb. Yes, mm. it's... I am a very peculiar human when it comes to scents and smells and soaps. Just and I like now. this. Hey, I am peculiar. <laughs> this is important here. The people need to know. Third Eye Coffee, thank you. And your soap smells yeah, delicious. They're amazing. They're like a traveling coffee kind of shop. So I know. check them out. They're really awesome. They also have really cool apparel. They sent us a really nice long sleeve shirt. Very so cute. So please. Uh, a mushroom. Th- they have a shirt with a mushroom on it. So if you're into mushrooms... Yeah, we're waiting for them to come through to our parts. Uh, if you guys are looking to go find this place, this traveling 
you know, beacon of tool and coffee. Wow. I, I was tracking them online. They're in North uh, Carolina right now. And I, I really wanted to go, like, get coffee for this mm-hmm. episode so we could be like, thank you to our sponsor, your coffee. Maybe we'll delicious. order some in the future. We can't. I looked. I oh, looked. Maybe yeah. we could work it out with them. We could book an event. We could book an event. <laughs> yeah, book an event. Have them come here. But anyway, uh, our first random segment, we're going to do some wordplay here. Some Letter Alice-themed wordplay with our sponsor, right? Hurrah, I would hold quite a grudge and hint for song of Letter Alice <laughs> if you didn't check out their Diet Coffee. Yeah. Grudges. We're going <laughs> to have to be so patient to get that coffee sometime. It's going to be a mantra of coffee. Okay, this is so bad. I'm not good with the wordplay. My mantra is Third Eye Coffee Rocks. Oh, a schism. <laughs> they're gonna be, there's going to be a schism with our sponsor after this segment. Yeah, they're going to be like, get her off the show. She's not doing us justice. In reflection, this was a great sponsor. Yeah, that was a good one, right? Yeah, Obon Blue Apocalypse. <laughs> Like, puns and shit posting. What more could you ask for? <laughs> Mine were actually puns and her. I was just saying the name of the song. Picks and leeches. Oh, uh, uh, all right. Should we get into this album? I'm really leeching all the humor out of this. <laughs> That's the best I could do. Okay, yeah. You're so really ticking me off. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's start. Yeah, let's just start <laughs> so bad. <laughs> all right. So, ladder Alice. Um, I wanted to do this album first as one of the songs that I picked because personally, I think this is probably the best Tool album. Each Tool album has a different personality. This one is perfect. It is where new Tool fans should probably start. Mm-hmm. And I think historically, it is a very important album in rock and roll history and in Tool history. So shall we go over the overview, Hurrah? So I, uh, you know, I've known you... For 2.5 years mm. now, Connor. Yes. And this is your favorite album in the whole world. Mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta do this justice. Yes. I did so much research, and I can tell you right now, Reddit knows a lot mm. about Tool. And I need to know what the Sephiroth Tree of Life is. Oh, we'll get into it. No, because here, I was looking online, mm. I'm like, what is... I looked at each song, but then I'm like, yeah. what is the meaning of the right. album? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm. there seems to be something that's supposed to drive me here and connect the dots. But I'm not seeing, I felt like that guy, you know, the yeah. meme with like all the papers up. Mm. He's like, what's the... Like from Always Sunny, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the guy with the, the wild team. hair. And I'm like, what does it mean? Um, and I don't understand the Sephiroth Tree of Life. Let me stop you right here. Yeah. It's my first prepared joke. Ready, Chase? Uh-huh. Dude, last time, Chase, by the way, we lost Primal Steel Box. Was that it? Primal Steel Box? Was oh. that the, we're talking about driving in a car? Uh, I can't even remember. Oh, dude, that was prime joke. We'll bring it back for the Glass Animals episode. Okay. But my joke for this is this Cabal and Sephiroth stuff, you know how, like, the typical, the youth really like their crystals and their chakras and Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, me too. I love Gwyneth Paltrow's Vagina Rocks. Buy them for $500. Hopefully our next sponsor. No! (laughs) But, so, think of that. But, like, 2,000 years ago, when people were hanging out in, like, Promised Land, and they were like, yo, let's get into, like, crystals and stuff, they came up with that. So Jesus got into crystals, is what Mm. I'm hearing, back in... Even before that, this is some, like, ancient Judaism. How old? 2,000 years ago? My dude, it's 2021. Well, you know, BCE. 
Ah, now we're getting into the BCE. Yeah. So before they had astrology, they had this, hurrah. They had crystals and the tree of life and tools? Yes. Well, I think I'm at the intro meeting to like joining a cult right now. <laughs> That's what Odeponia basically is. Fair. Yeah, once you're on the mailing list, good luck ever getting out. <laughs> There's no unsubscribe option on the mailing list. <laughs> but yes, we'll get into that when we get into our first song. Okay. But let's do a quick overview because then it'll flow nicely. Okay. And you'll understand the tree of life. Okay, thank you, thank you. So overview. This is the third studio album by Tool, released May 15th, 2001. Nice. So, it's got some history. Yeah, it's 20 years. That's a while. And like I said, I think this album is historically important, and I think that reflects in its sales. Mm -hmm. So, it debuted number one on the Billboard 200, and it sold more than half a million copies in its first week. That's which is a lot. pretty cool. And it was certified double platinum by RAA, gold by BPI, and platinum in Australia, and double platinum in Canada. So, quite a far reach, which is pretty cool. It won the Grammy for the best metal performance, and it ranked 123 on Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Definitive 200 list. So pretty sweet. That's a lot of statistics. Yeah, a I lot just of, threw a lot, lot of, of medals. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah, precious medals. A lot of precious medals. You lost me at half a million in the first week. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of numbers and shiny things. <laughs> That's what this episode's all gonna be about. It's gonna be figuring out the tree of life and shiny medals. Okay, Love. let's go. Let's go. So the title, Lateralis, mm -hmm. is a uh, portmanteau. I don't know if I said Portmanteau. Portmanteau. Well, I, I, I have a little more funk in my <laughs> pronunciation, but... Oh, uh, what now? Portmanteau. It's where you uh, combine two words into one new word, like, mm. together. Oh, like clusterfuck. We should be clear, <laughs> it's not like, letter Alice. syllables together. Mm. Sarah thought the title of the album was Letter Alice. <laughs> like, a letter written to Alice, or about Alice. But it is a portmanteau of the bestest laterals, a muscle in the leg, that uh -huh. we all know because of anatomy, and the term lateral thinking, which is like thinking outside the box. Okay, so I'm thinking about my legs outside mm -hmm. the box. And cool. I think the title is, I don't know, it's interesting. I don't know how the leg muscle really relates to it, but um, the album artwork is really cool. So mm. when you have the CD, uh, the vinyl you guys will see in the video, uh, the CD, it has different translucent layers of the human body drawn by Alex Gray. And you can, like, peel back the layers and see different stuff. Yeah, and it's very Da Vinci kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, like that um, image of a man. Vitruvian uh, man. Yes, thank you. And you know so much. Yeah, this is why we have Chase. He's wise in his older years. Uh, quick interjection. Portmanteau example would be, like, brunch, in which you combine, like, two words and together to one word. Man, he's so smart. So for the people who aren't in med school, or what? have ever taken an anatomy class. What is a leg? What? It's just a leg muscle. <laughs> like yeah. your quads are your okay. cleanest maximus, except less important. So that's why I thought it was a letter Alice. Yes. Because <laughs> I had no idea that this existed. Um, Climb that ladder, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Climb that ladder, Alice, like you, you dare. But yeah, I think the name. The name kind of goes with the main theme, which we'll get to in a second. Mm -hmm. But another interesting historical kind of landmark about this album is, remember back in the early 2000s when people were downloading music illegally online? Mm -hmm. Chase, do you remember? Chase, like how old were you? You were a, you were, yeah. you were a sentient teenager in those times because you're old. How old do you think <laughs> I am? <laughs> but anyway, Tool actually staged a fake album before this album came out to throw everyone off. Mm -hmm. And so they had, like, a fake track list, fake title, like, fake songs, and um, they did that to mess with the people. 
you know what's a fun fact? Mm. You know those advertisements in the early thousands that were like, don't illegally download music, you wouldn't illegally download a car. Mm. The music they used in that advertisement was used without permission. Isn't that amazing? Irony. We love to hear it. Yeah, this is this is how I feel today. On every day. I would download a bear. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. We were t- we'll, we'll get into it later, but we were talking about NFTs and how kind of wild that is. But I know, right? Mm. Kids in their art these days. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I feel like, mm, yeah, them NFTs, bro. <laughs> Ross, so hip with the times. Me? Yeah. yeah. Hello, I too understand culture. <laughs> I'm on the TikTok. <laughs> the Tiki Talks? Sarah actually is on the TikTok. I am. Mm. That's how we get our TikTok. She was telling us we have to advertise on the Tiki Talks, but I'm too old for that. I don't know. That's a young Dude, man. You're younger you. than me. <laughs> Fair. Mm. You have an old man personality, but the face of a baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, that, that should be Otokonia's new like quote. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying. I'm sorry. Anyway, that was... so there was a fake album before this release, which was funny, mm-hmm. and this was their first kind of journey into progressive metal, which is an interesting genre. I think it's kind of newer. Maybe started with this album, but to what an interesting evolution. Where they started in the grunge era, so like mm. bands like Nirvana and Alice in Chains. This is going from kind of young, angry music in the 90s, singing about like the opioid crisis and, mm. you know, very angry. And then they kind of evolved and made this album, which All is... All those old-timey issues that we've long <laughs> since passed. Yes. And now they kind of progressed into this really kind of spiritual album, which was a weird transition going from young, angry music to singing about spirituality and loving existence. Which is really interesting because listening to this album over this past week, mm. it still sounds really angry to yes. me. You know, like the the lyrics are like, mm-hmm. to like the meaning of a lot of this. I was listening to this album, dude, studying for my exam, being like, this is giving me hypertension right now. <laughs> Verb, visibly, you know? And I think we'll get to that with the first song because the uh-huh. first song, The Grudge, is very angry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll touch on it real quickly here, but I think the major theme and story of this album is the spiritual experience of being human. And yeah. I think when we think of a spiritual, and you know, it's tools, so some people might equate a spiritual experience to a psychedelic experience. We won't get much into that, but we'll just talk about a spiritual experience encompassing any means of like obtaining spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. But that journey isn't like a safe journey, isn't a calm journey. Like to have a visceral, and you know, they describe it in all different types of religion, like the scene, the burning bush, or like, you know, those kind of experiences are terrifying and very visceral. So I think part of that finding spirituality and that spiritual journey is visceral, scary, angry. Part of it can be. And so this song has, this album has many different tones and many different kind of stories it tells. And I think some of them are angry. And I think that's kind of part of the human experience. And I think we'll get into that with the first song. Yes. Um, an interesting quote about this album, Rolling Stones tried to summarize this album by saying drums bass, guitars, move in jarring cycles of hyper-howl and near-silent death march. The prolonged running times of most of Lateralis, 13 tracks, are misleading. The entire album rolls and stomps with sweet-like purpose. I thought that was a cool clip. Sweet. Sweet. Dude. Dude. Chill. Chill. Sweet. (laughs) Oh, last fun fact I have, too. Mm -hmm. So the title track, Letter Alice, which we might do on a separate album, depending on how much time we have left, okay. incorporates the Fibonacci sequence in the song. 
I saw that when mm -hmm. I was doing my research. Don't you steal this point from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just touch on it. You can, you can shine. Um, but the theme of the song describes the desire of humans to explore and to expand for more knowledge and a deeper understanding of everything. So the lyrics uh, spiral out, refer to the Fibonacci spiral, which is created by using uh, arranging squares of each number in a sequence, one, one, two, three, five, eight. And it draws a pattern of a curve that connects the two corners of each square. So pretty cool. The time mm -hmm. signatures, the lyrics, everything, everything connects to the Fibonacci sequence. And what's very funny about that is... Uh, Historically, Tool, Manor James Keenan in particular, do not like Tool fans because they're rabid and crazy and really passionate about Tool. And on Joe Rogan, he said that was a complete accident and they didn't intend to do that, but that's probably a joke. Yeah, no, that's really, I thought that was really interesting and that's why I really, yeah, I was, I liked Lateralis a lot, but I, I think you were right when you were like, I think The Patient's going to be your favorite song. Mm. I liked, um... On Blue Apocalypse and mm -hmm. Patient a lot. That two, the two like right next to each other. Nice. Anyway, anyway, did you? What is so? Lateralis is your favorite yes. song on this album. I'm assuming. Um, I think Reflection might be my favorite. Oh. It's a very interesting conclusion to the album. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That was not an answer I expected from you, Mr. Mm. <laughs> we'll edit it out. <laughs> we'll edit it in post. Don't worry about it. Edit in the post. Don't okay, worry. Okay. We're professional here at oh Marconia. We have producers. Yeah, thank you. I, <laughs> I just got docs by her off. <laughs> so Haraz's address is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, oh my god. I totally messed up. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Anyway, getting back to it. Yeah. You can find this edit out. We'll just... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so last little tidbit before we get into the first song. Mm -hmm. So the order and sequence of this album is kind of up for debate. So on the vinyl itself, the songs are out of order because they could not fit the correct sequence with the disc length, you know. So oh, they had to okay. mix songs around. But there's also a fan theory called The Holy Gift in which the band intentionally put the songs out of order. So what's interesting is if you listen to The Grudge and then the last song, you hear the same sound at the beginning and at the end. And so the fans actually like found this and paid attention to the other transitions between songs and found that some of them are out of order. And so the fans rearranged Lateralis to fit kind of the sonic transitions, and they call it the Holy Gift. That's really interesting. So that's it's like funny. the way you're supposed to watch Star Wars when yeah. you first get into it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so no one knows if that's intentional or not, but kind of interesting. Oh, I think that's really cool. I like that. So hurrah, before we get into it, mm -hmm. major themes. Let's hit major themes and then we'll get right into it. Okay. And you guys, if you guys have any comments. I'm we did not prepare posts. for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah they're here for the shit posting. The peanut gallery. So I think really what this album is about is kind of being human mm. and transcending humanism, if you can. Um, like, you did touch a lot when you were kind of doing your synopsis on um, how we all are experiencing things, and that's part mm. of spirituality. But I think this album tries to push that. So it does talk a lot about very human and basic emotions, but as it kind of progresses, I feel like it's trying to bring in this metaphor of like dissonance within life and what exists outside of life. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, I don't want to say the circle of life. It feels too Lion King, yeah, but it is like the circle of life and where we fit into the universe and what our role is. Mm. So kind of, I think the questions that we all ask when we're questioning our own existence. 
you know, whether it's like you're in church on a Sunday or you're tripping on DMT on a Saturday. <laughs> with Joe Rogan. With Joe Rogan. Um, it's, it's that. I feel like they're trying to really talk about what is life, what is our purpose, what is our existence, what are we outside of us, mm-hmm. what are we in our societies and outside of our societies. So it's weird because on the one hand, I think man is an animal, right? We all are animals. This guy's an animal, am I right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I go real hard, real wild. (laughs) Yeah, this man lifts at the gym, and then he comes home and eats pasta. (laughs) Pasta. Pasta. I do one of those things. (laughs) Um, And the fans will never know which one. Um, But, yeah, you know, like, we have these base desires and instincts, but also there is something different to man, Mm. you know? And what is that difference? What is that spark? Yes. I totally agree with you. What I pinned down last night before coming over was the human experience to be human, alive, mortal, flawed, serves as our edification for something greater. Through our experience and suffering, we become something else. We are doomed to be sentient of our suffering and our own mortality. We are born into life in which we know is temporary. And so I think this album really references the spiritual capacity that we have made possible by our consciousness and our self-awareness. And... Like you said, this is part of the human experience, which makes this album, I think, really artistic because it's a self-reflection into what it means to be human. So that's why this album, to me, is so special because thematically it's just really cool themes, really philosophical, and the music itself is really complicated, really complex. The time signatures are constantly changing. Um, Before we did this, I forgot to send you a video. There's a, uh, a camera set up on the Tool drummer Danny Carey's rig, and you can see... With each limb, he's playing a different time signature. So he's doing one with his left hand, one with his right hand, and then both feet are doing something different. You showed me this video before. It's actually wild. This band is like, he looks like an octopus human, yeah, you know? I know. And he's giant. His bicep is like bigger than Chase and I. Yeah. No, Combined. No. Combined. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Should we get into the first song? Yeah. Do you want to listen to a little bit of The Grudge first? Let's and do then... it. Let's listen to it and then talk to it. Yeah. And then we'll get Sarah and uh, Chase to comment so mm. that everybody is vibing so hard. All right. So if you guys are listening on Spotify, you'll hear the song right here. If you're on YouTube, you will not hear the song. Because copyright. Because YouTube is booty. Booty. Don't talk bad about it. It'll kick you off. <laughs> True. Well, I... Yeah. YouTube... Do they... No. Don't care. They no. don't care about us. They don't care. No. Do your worst. <laughs> YouTube gods. What's today's date? December 18th, the war began between Otoconia and YouTube. Take him down. Yeah. Hurrah said, let there be fire. <laughs> let there be copyright infringement. And with that, our first song, The Garage, off of Ladder Alice. You're listening to Otoconia music for your ear rocks. Yeah. Yeah.
All right, we are back. If you guys are listening to Otakoni on Spotify, you just heard The Grudge by Tool on the album, Lateralis. If you're listening to the YouTube, we never left you guys. So. We've always been here with you. We just listened to The Grudge. Hurrah. Do you want to start us off or shall I? Um, I can start. Okay. So I felt like basically this song is on the surface, letting go of grudges mm -hmm. and greed, mm -hmm. you know? Um, trying to not hold on to that angstiness that we all feel sometimes when you've been stabbed in the back. Um, I feel like some of the lyrics, though, are very, like, just, like, nice things to pick up out yeah. on. Like, I, for instance, I like the idea of wearing a grudge like a crown, mm. right? Because right. you feel like you wear this crown, it's something that symbolizes responsibility and maturity and, you know, regalness. But I and think in the same way that a crown can be burdensome, mm. so is holding a grudge, right? It's something that weighs you down. Right. And a crown is also a symbol of power and authority because it lets you feel hatred towards the transgressors and of authority because it lets you stand separate from them. So yeah. this crown of negativity is kind of an interesting play on words and what it's trying to depict. Right. And then later on it talks about Saturn. Mm. Kronos is the father of the Greek gods, right? So in some way, like, king, he was the crowned one. Mm. And he was so afraid of losing his power in um, this prophecy that he had received that one of his kids was going to usurp him and he would lose his throne, lose his power. So I feel like people hold on to grudges because... They're afraid of letting go and losing the power that comes mm. with anger. Right. Because anger, I think it's a very base emotion. I don't think it's like an emotion that, um, I feel like it's a secondary emotion in the idea that like anger is very hard to hold on to. Mm. Like usually it stems from something like betrayal or sadness. Mm. And so you hold on to anger so you don't have to feel whatever that is masking. Right. And once you let go of it, you lose the power that fuels anger, mm. you know? Yeah. So, damn. 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 We just need, we need snapping, like, sound effects when harasses something deep. <laughs> oh, you're going to need a lot of snaps? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you mind if I pause you there? Because you hit on, a, like, a really theme. Oh, yeah, yeah, go right deep. ahead, go right ahead. So, overall, I think The Grudge is a song about maturity, development, uh, and using alchemy, astrology, and mythology to kind of symbolize this story. So, you touched on Saturn. Saturn's very cool because it has this mythology that the Romans stole from the Greeks. Ooh. Not cool. Cultural appropriation. Yeah, what up, Romans? Greeks are OG. Take that, Romans. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> take that, Romans. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the planet, the planet Saturn... The planet, the planet Saturn has an orbital period of 29.5 years, so it returns to the astral position it occupied at the time of an individual's birth. And so as that individual approaches the age of 30, uh, it is symbolic of... Change growth development because you know you're born Saturn's going away and then Saturn's returning when you reach 30 so on a level of Jungian psychology and also Greek mythology um, it symbolizes uh, symbolizes uh, the transit as a period of transition and maturation into adulthood and so I think that's kind of a very interesting metaphor for this song especially talking about the grudge which you were talking about you know when we I think in Jungian psychology, really in particular, it was kind of like Freud's student. Yeah, less, yeah, yeah, baby Freud. Jung yeah. was a little less kinky than Freud, so he's <laughs> cool. But 
his whole ideology about Saturn's return was letting go of childhood grudges, like how one was raised or mistreated, and overcoming that. Because if an individual isn't able to overcome their childhood trauma, then it sticks with them for life. And so I think that's kind of where the Saturn comes into play, and also because of like the Greek mythology, right? Yeah. Krotos wanted to kill his sons. Uh, one of the other Greek god women gave him a stone in place of the kid to eat, uh-huh. right? And so yeah. it kind of symbolizes uh, the childhood trauma of this dude wants to eat his kids, you know, so that he yeah. doesn't get usurped on the throne. It's also interesting because, you know, if you do keep a grudge central and, like, at the forefront of your life, it then mm. kind of becomes central to one's personality, mm. I would argue. So, I don't know if that fits into this at all. Um, but, wait, there was one other lyric. It does fit in, I'm sorry. Mm. Ooh, ooh. Because clutch it like a corner, cornerstone. Right. Otherwise, it all comes down. Like, the cornerstone, this is where I was going with this, is central to, like, a piece of masonry, mm. right? It's, like, the thing that everything else is built around. Right. Um... But it takes so much energy to, like, keep it there, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you lose the cornerstone, everything comes crumbling down. You lose that grudge, all the anger and everything associated comes crumbling down. But the amount of time and energy that it takes to keep it there is really draining. Mm. Um, So I do, yeah, and I also agree that it is, like, a thing of maturity to Mm. be able to say, I don't want to hold this grudge anymore and I am going to learn how to let this go. Yeah, let's go to the lyrics real quick, because I yeah. think we touched on some of them already. So we talked about the first part, the uh, the grudge, like a crown of negativity, unable to forgive your Scarlet Letterman. I'll send her off. It, that kind of reminds me, that section of the lyrics reminds me of like an institution that's in power, mm. you know, that has a grudge. Like, you know, let's say this institution doesn't tolerate this kind of person in society. You know, you can see how it kind of destroys and creates this kind of war within that society against said group of individuals so oh like uh we could think of a few examples in our day and age yeah <laughs> so uh, interesting part there uh, you talked about the cornerstone so we'll pass through that and then we talk about saturn so saturn ascends choose one or ten hang on or be humbled again so we talked about saturn and the significance of saturn but you in the overview were talking about the tree of life yeah. So let's Can get we into talk that. about that? Because yes. I read a lot and I still feel like I don't fully grasp it. Right. Like, it's, it was confusing to me because what I got is that each song in the album is kind of meant to be a mm-hmm. part of the Tree of Life. It has, like, right. different spheres and branches. Um, and so the first, what I got here, basically, on is what I was able to piece together, but I'm sure you have a few more details. Yes, yes is the first song, The Grudge, is kind of like the very bottom of the tree. So mm-hmm. it's the base of the tree and the first sphere, which is kingship. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, oh, kingship, it might talk about, it might be like in connection to the crown and kind of the burden that comes with holding grudges. But this um, article, or I guess not article, was some person's like post on Reddit, uh, they were saying that kingship in this sense is something that is unspiritual, and chaotic. And I'm not sure how that really fits in. Um, what do you think? Yeah, let me fill in some of, like, it historically. So, as we're talking about with, like, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Jungian psychology, this kind of line of mysticism crosses many different cultures. And on that note, Chase is here with a T. 
We're here to get deep, Chase. You ready? Yeah, it's union psychology. Just throwing Ooh. that out there. Oh! He brought the tea! Yeah, he did. Oh, no. Damn. I think Chase is just here to, pronou- or to correct my pronunciation this episode. Pretty much. That's what he does to me all the time, so <laughs> fear not. Salmon. So. What was the word? Salmon. 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 I never learned how to pronounce words because I just know that. Like yeah, I used to say almonds <laughs> and uh, pneumonia. Pneumonia. <laughs> That's how you say it in Greek. It is their word. It is mm. our word, comrade. You, you missed our talk about the Romans stealing from the Greeks. Did you have mm. any spicy comments? I mean, down with the Roman Empire. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Well, let me tell you a little fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> so anyway, the Tree of Life, it is used uh, in many different kind of cultures and religious backgrounds. So in particular, in Christianity, it's called the Christian Kabbalah. Do you have any pronunciation corrections on there, Mr. Chase? No. Nope. Kabbalah. We have her- <laughs> the Hermetic Hebler, Kabbalah. Oh, that definitely wasn't right. Hermetic Kabbalah. I don't know. Quibbala. Quibbala. I think it's Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Yeah, we'll go with that. So anyway, this is kind of something that's been historically used in ancient Judaism and such. And the Tree of Life is a diagram. Uh, it consists of 10 nodes symbolizing different archetypes gods, planets. So what's interesting is the one in the ten, which is referenced in the song, actually mm-hmm. referenced to Saturn. So that's kind of interesting too. Oh, okay. And there's 22 lines connecting the nodes. Uh, the nodes are often arranged in three columns to represent uh, that they belong to a common category. And so these nodes and these paths kind of represent our experience, uh, whether it be you know the aspects of existence, God, or the human psyche. Um, and we kind of progress through these uh, paths on this like spiritual journey. So mm-hmm. it was kind of this ancient mysticism and how we progress as a human being, kind of like what we talked about in the inner in the overview. And so, uh, like I said, this was part of different kind of traditions, alchemy, whatnot. And so, um, the one in the ten has different meanings. Uh, so the one, so the, the lyric itself, the Saturn ascends. Choose one or ten. So the one. Is Kether, it's the crown, it's the first emanation from God, while ten is Malkuth, or kingdom, the last sephira, and considered the lowest emanation. And so basically, by holding a grudge, you're either starting yourself over on the spiritual journey, starting from scratch, because you can't reach spiritual, you know, attunement. Nirvana or something. Nirvana with a grudge. Or you can start off on, you know, the, the latter. You can have this achievement of forgiveness mm-hmm. and reach this kind of spiritual level in which... You have forgiven and gone past these grudges. So that's kind of how it corresponds okay. to the Tree of Life, which is pretty interesting. No, it definitely is. I appreciate that you know more about this than me because it was there was a lot on Reddit about this theory. And I I don't know. I wasn't sure which, which way to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That Reddit would go so deep into something like this is shocking. Truly <laughs> shocking to me. Says the boy who spends all his time on Reddit. I don't deserve to be attacked. In video essays? In video essays. <laughs> we don't need no education. Reddit is We just education. need Reddit. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I guess kind of a summary here that someone wrote that I'll quote. Okay. Is much of what Saturn teaches during this period is about letting go of the illusions of our fractured psyche, which is why we see this interplay of dragging down and lifting up so much throughout the, the song. Also, you can lose yourself in the emotional tidal waves of pain, anger, and frustration, which drags you down, or you can let it all go and regain your childlike innocence. So by shattering our ego-fueled fuel, illusions, 
generally constructed in childhood, Saturn actually brings us to a place of maturity and peace through acceptance and release, letting go of pain and trauma of our early life years. So, pretty interesting. I think that's kind of as deep as we'll get into the Tree of Life, because it even goes, you know, I'm not an expert by It was by so much. It was so much, dude. I was, try I was like, uh, trying to plow snow while it's a blizzard, you know? <laughs> Um, Good metaphor. Thank mm -hmm. you. Look, I can be a tool fan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and the thing that's interesting about this song, though, is that they kind of towards the end the let it go, like give mm -hmm. away the stone, like choose to go, choose to let this go. The music tone shifts so much from this very like, heavy um, drums and guitar and bass to uh, kind of like a lighter feeling, like you're mm -hmm. releasing something. But at the very end, we're back to screaming. Yes, the, so, the you timed it because you were intrigued. Uh, how long was the scream? Dude, it was literally 40 seconds. I timed it on YouTube with me and my space bar. Um, so, me, my space bar, and I. Me, my space bar, and I. We were like, because I heard it the first time. I'm like, is it me or has the scream going on for a bit? And I was, you know, it's like trying to hold your breath during mm. a movie. And you're like, I would die if this was me. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was a long scream. A plus to the singer's lungs. Mayor James Keenan, his lungs. Mayor James Keenan. Mayor? Maynard. Maynard. Uh, yeah, good good lungs, Maynard. Yeah, and like we were kind of talking about when we were listening to the song, this song kind of has plays this dance between the acceptance theme and the holding the grudge theme. You know, we yeah. go into periods of like aggression, anger, and then we go into kind of these gentler moments where the bass is just kind of doing this little bass solo and so that's what's interesting about this song is because there's multiple ups and downs and different kind of climaxes in each part of the song mm -hmm. and so musically it really reflects this theme and after that giant cathartic scream at the end uh, we talk about you know the water's kiss and transmuting this letting grudges into gold and so another reference to alchemy which is transmutation mm. um, which is really a metaphor for spiritual attainment you know i mean i don't know if i agree that it's a cathartic scream to be quite honest with you because the process of letting go of a grudge is not like you wake up and you're like oh grudge free done um you know it's something that you've been holding on to for a really long time so having right. that truly be something you let go of takes time and i feel like there will be uh fallbacks and i think that's why it's so angry and frustrated the scream you know yeah because so, that process yeah. is so kind of painful and drawn out and maybe I mean, why it's might... so long mm. <laughs> <laughs> snaps for sarah snaps, snaps for sarah we need a snap counter for each uh, episode yes. <laughs> that was a 12 snap counter rock, snap. like no <laughs> there's like three. <laughs> oh no um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's a cathartic scream or a scream of like, I'm going back to square one in a way, mm -hmm. you know? The one or the ten, you know? The one or the ten! Are you back to square one or have you reached nirvana? Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten! ten. Snaps for Chase. Snaps, snaps for Chase. But yeah, should we, I think we talked about this song quite... Yes, some yes we have. Depth. Should we move on to your favorite little part? I really liked Eon Blue Apocalypse. So we should just talk about it real quick since it's mostly a transition song and then yeah. we'll play it. So, um, it was purposely placed before the patient. I, we'll kind of get into the themes when we talk about the patient, yeah. but the name of the song uh, is named after Adam's Great Dane, who died from bone cancer. And oh. his name was Eon. So, the song is called Eon Blue Apocalypse, and 
to me, the song really musically is kind of a transition song. You know, yeah. The Grudge is a very intense, visceral experience. And I think Tool puts in these instrumental songs to kind of reset your... Palette. Palette. Yes. Before the next song. And I think... Pickle Ginger. Mm. I mean, for me, honestly, this song, I think I like it so much because it comes right after The Grudge. Yeah. And it's like you're taking a breath mm. after, like, running a marathon. You know what I mean? After that 40-second scream. Yeah, right. It's like, it, it's, a, it's a moment of relief and release. Mm. And, and so it was nice. It was just like a place to, like, collect myself <laughs> before we go plunging back in yes. to the depths of human existence. <laughs> so let's listen to that song. If you're on Spotify, you'll hear Eon Blue Apocalypse coming up next. You're listening to Odeconia. Sounds for your ear rocks. Let's get into the next song, guys. Rock your ears. Alright, we are back after listening to Eon Blue Apocalypse. Quick song. Hurrah, give us a quick little rundown and then we'll move on to the patient. It's just nice, man. Sounds like a movie of a western soundtrack, you know? <laughs> kind of like, you know, before the, the, the shotgun fight off, whatever. Like, doo 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 yeah. We just go? ate some spaghetti, now we got the western, we mm. got the full thing right here. Spaghetti western. And as Chase so aptly said, when that LSD finally hits. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I like it. It's, it's jazzy. Chase, any comments? Any, any more spice you want to fit in before our next commercial break? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no my comic got stolen from me, rudely. Mm. Um, okay. She quoted you, she quoted you. Okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> sip my tea angrily. <laughs> Alright, should we get into the next song? Yes, 100%. The Patient. Let's the listen patient. to it, and then we'll talk about it. Yes, sounds All right. good. If you're listening on Spotify, you guys are going to hear The Patient.
Welcome back, guys. You are listening to Otaconia Radio. Rock your ear rocks. Rock your ear rocks. <laughs> I think our, uh, our phrase changes every time. Sometimes it's sound for your ear rocks, and then it's rock your rocks. Rock so. your rocks. Yeah, rock. get your rocks off. I like crystals. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you like, Sarah? I like crystals for your ears. Crystals for your ears. Crystals for your ears. Wow. We should have a t-shirt with all the different ones on it. <laughs> yeah, just it would be... A laundry list. Yeah, we'll pair with Gwyneth Paltrow to get, you know, like, things you can insert into your ears with crystals. Or various mm. other body holes, yeah. Yeah. So. Not the <laughs> so the patients. patients. Speaking of the patients. Speaking of ear holes. Um. <laughs> so maybe I'll start this one off. Yeah, go Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is personally one of my favorite off of this album. Mm-hmm. I like this one because it's really sad to me. Um, yeah. You know, we just talked about, like, the tree of life and the paths of, like, spiritual attainment, kind of in the last song. And to me, this song is about, like, deep suffering. And I think regardless of what kind of life you live, this is, like, a tenant, you know, a tenant of Buddhism is that, like, life is suffering, right? And so I think part of that suffering helps you reach kind of that spiritual journey. And so the title of the song, is it the patient as in someone who is patient, like the virtue of patience? Or is it, like, a patient like someone in a hospital? And it's kind of a play on words to consider because, uh, I guess, Mayor James Keenan, one of his big uh, sufferings in his life and something he writes about a lot is his mother. So in the follow-up album to this, 10,000 Days, mm-hmm. so when he was a child, his mom had a stroke mm-hmm. and was paralyzed and greatly affected by the stroke. And then she died 10,000 days later. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about the story is uh, she was a very religious woman and Maynard was not. He was very off-put by this experience and kind of rejected I guess, formal religion, but his mother stuck to it even though what happened to her. And so this was a very formative moment for him as a child. And I think that's what a lot of this kind of song is about, you know, and we can kind of see those references in the lyrics. What did you think, Harrell? What was your take on it? Well, I guess there's a lot of things, such as is is with all these songs. Um, First of all, as a medical student and someone who is, Sash has been a patient, right? I think we've all been patients before um there is kind of a certain bleakness um to being sick and just needing to give time right for therapy cures whatever um and that i think is in a very literal sense as medical students you know we kind of see suffering on a daily basis right Especially right now with the pandemic going on, I don't know if you've come across any COVID positive kids and adults, but that's, you know, some suffering feels more unfair than other suffering in mm. a sense too. We need some snaps to lighten the mood. <laughs> you said it. This song is sad. You want to hear it? He said, continue, "What I love continue. is uh, the complete misery of the song." <laughs> what I love is the depression. Um, cheers. Cheers. So yeah, but then also you know, I was trying to think of this song within the context of the album, right? Mm-hmm. As human experience, right? Patient as someone who's waiting for a doctor for a cure, whatever disease, mm-hmm. but also patience. As, you know, one of the, uh, what have yous of the Bible, like a virtue. Virtues? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. One of them, what have you got there? Man, Chase is literally here just to dunk on a Sarah. That is I mean, his one role on that, the podcast. That's exactly what he should be doing. That's yeah. my joy in life. Yeah. yeah. That's his joy in life. Um, that's why we pay him to be the producer. Yeah. Right? That's, why, that's why you're paid you? the big bucks. Oh. What? I'm not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> We'll work on your contract. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, I think, you know, patience, in a sense, is one of those things that is necessary in order to control one's emotions. Um, and we just listened to the grudge, right? It's mm -hmm. about how you're holding on to anger and how it takes maturity and time and patience to get over emotions and a grudge, mm -hmm. right? When you see the eyebrows going on her, you know the snaps I know, are she would look so smug, so I was like, okay. No, no, I thought about this. I was like, we just listened to the grudge. And if this whole album is about human experience and emotion, patience is paramount to reaching nirvana, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because you need to um, have the patience and time to overcome whatever emotions and suffering you might be feeling mm. so that you can kind of come to that peace and transcend what it is to be human. Right. Can I add on real quick? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go I for think it. that's perfect because that's what these lyrics are directly trying to convey. And oh it's... my god, I feel like I got 100% on a quiz. <laughs> when you get a perfect on a Tool album from Connor. Mm, when you understood the assignment. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's kind of the beauty of the lyrics. I think, you know, Maynard James Keenan, the way he writes these songs, is the band will make the music first, and then he writes the lyrics. Interesting. Which okay. is, like, kind of a very backwards way of doing it mm -hmm. for most bands. And he's really good at showing and not telling, you know, which is kind yeah. of every fifth grade teacher will tell you. But, I mean, what you said about having the patience to kind of, you know, reach that period where you're able to ascend and get over the suffering. I mean, let's go to the lyrics. Like, the very first line, a groan of tedium escapes me, startling the fearful. Is this a test? It has to be. Otherwise, I can't go on. Drain patience, drain vitality. This paranoid, paralyzed vampire acts a little cold. And right there, it just depicts someone who's tired, you know, someone who's suffering, someone who can't change the situation they're in. Yeah. And if you go to the next verse, but I'm still right here, giving blood, keeping faith, and I'm still right here, but I'm still right here giving blood, keeping faith, and I'm still right here. It's almost like a mantra. Like the character depicted in this song has to keep reminding himself to be patient, which is, yeah. you know, the end of the song is be patient, be patient. Yeah. <laughs> and it just perfectly mirrors what you were saying. You know, he even says, there's no rewards to reap, no loving embrace to see me through the tedious path I've chosen here. I certainly would have walked away by now. I'm going to wait it out. You know, yeah. so even if there is no reward or any peace at the end of this journey, there's no choice but to wait this out. You know, to be patient. Yeah. So I think you really nailed it when you, what, what you were saying. I mean, you hit the lyrics perfectly. Oh, so. thank you. I, wow. Um, I'm really flattered because you do love this album and oh, I do love so this much. Album. So in order to feel like I understood the assignment is like, shh, I'm a little <laughs> shooketh. You know what I'm saying? Shooketh. She's blushing. Yeah. But also this is like probably my favorite song off this album. Yeah. So I, I think, thought you would like this one because I think yeah. as, as medical students, the song really... Uh, resonates with me because I think a lot of to go from not knowing anything to being confident and to care for others is such a journey in a trial of, of stupidity like we're constantly reminded of how much we don't know and how much we can't do yet yeah I'm but, sorry when does the competent part like kick in I mean honestly never you know true but that's, that's kind of, comforting yeah. but it's true I mean, <laughs> you, know, no idea. you sign up for this knowing that you will yeah. never know everything you know, human disease and human suffering is infinite, just like, you know, that's why they're like, oh, are you ready to be a lifelong learner? And we're all like, aye, aye, captain. <laughs> but like, that's really what it is. Yeah. And, you know, that's what the song is about. I mean, walking this path that is cause, causing us, not suffering, but like, it's so overwhelming sometimes. Like, when we go to work and we, you know, get questions asked to us by someone who knows things, you know, and we feel stupid. I mean, it's part of kind of the journey. It's like, 
this journey isn't easy, but there is some intrinsic reward at the end of being patient, which I think this song is trying to convey. I don't know if I agree that there is some intrinsic reward at the end. <laughs> or at least I didn't get it from this song. Mm. You know, I, I hope so for medical school. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> at least pay me something. I have so much money I owe. Well, to, to kind of counter that, the character in this song hasn't given up yet, right? I yeah. Mean, he's com contemplating it. He's thinking, like, this sucks. He knows it sucks. But he's going to wait it out. You know, if it wasn't worth doing, if it wasn't worth waiting it out, I don't think they would be taking this path. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if we're talking about life as suffering, right? Mm. And patience is necessary to kind of get through this suffering and reach some higher level of existence, mm. right? You, it's like death. You don't know what comes after this existence. You don't know what's after this plane of existence. So we like to think that there's another life or heaven or what mm. have you. I think everybody has their own agenda when it comes to the afterlife. Right. And you're patient, you know, but there is no actual reward that is promised. You're just going from one form of suffering to some other unknown form mm. of what could also potentially be suffering. And I think what, uh, I mean, I wish the next song was Parable Parabola. Do you want to, we can listen to Parable Parabola. We'll go in order, but that okay. is the purpose of Parable Parabola, which is interesting that we made that link before the song because, oh. um, you know, like you said, a lot of different spiritual frameworks have different time frames for when you receive your, I guess, quote-unquote reward, right? In, like, Judaism and Christianity, yeah. the reward's in the afterlife. But in Buddhism, it's the peace finding within suffering, right? Yeah. And I think that takes us to schism. Because schism is kind of the dance between the suffering and the joy and the reward and the path. You know, uh, it's yes. finding beauty and the dissonance between those two concepts. I see what you did there. Uh, you see what I did there. So I don't want to I don't want to cut off uh, our discussion on the patient. But would you like to go into schism? Oh yeah, we, that was a beautiful segue. You did ten out of ten. Thank you, thank you. So mantra is before schism. Sarah, you're gonna like this fun fact. Yeah. The song mantra was created by Maynard James Keenan, grabbing his cat and gently squeezing and mas massaging the cat, and then they took that noise and <laughs> no, slowed I mean, it down. We've listened to this song before. I, I would just like the audience to know that Connor threw out this fun fact, and all the faces he saw were reflections of horror and or disgust. <laughs> He's like, you're really going to love this. Yes. <laughs> no, I like cats. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> Not squeezing or massaging cats, just cats. No <laughs> animals were harmed in the filming of this podcast. Anaconia, rocks for your ear cats. <laughs> so, Mantra appears in the music video. This is the first music video of the album. Okay. Hurrah, I would love to do a separate episode where I show you these music videos, because they are like a fever dream in a Freud's dream. I don't know. That, that was good. Sense. It's like, it's as if Freud had a fever dream. That's what these music videos are. So there's penises everywhere. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Maybe I hit the metaphor a little wrong. <laughs> Let's listen to Mantra and Schism and we'll be right back.
listening to Odaconia. That was Mantra and Schism by Tool off the album Lateralis. Rocks for your rocks in your ears. Um, if you're listening to YouTube, this doesn't make sense because there are no breaks. It's just continuous. So, Listen you know, to Spotify like a human. Or YouTube. Whatever you want. Whatever the people want. You know, We're not here to judge. Wherever the ad revenue is. Anyway. Yeah, where's the money, you guys? Ad revenue off of what? Hey, all he needs is 60 streams on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Mm, I should actually start listening to... Spotify. All you gotta do is listen to 60 seconds. Well, that was our Otaconia marketing uh, <laughs> meeting. Uh, so let's, let's get into the song. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So Mantra, uh, instrumental. It's a cat being squeezed. Interesting. Um... So why is this the segue into Schism? And I think to understand this, you have to know a little bit about the music video. We'll do a separate episode where I show you. But in the... What's up? Why is her all look horrified? I don't know. That's why I'm like, what's going on? Why I was like... I, Ma, okay, Mantra sounds like you're walking through a haunted house. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Edit that out, yeah. Um, but... I feel like the reason that they chose Mantra to sound like a haunted house, like a huge gaping cat mouth, mm. is because then you fall into the schism of it all. Mm. And, well, that's actually kind of perfect. Thank you! So, on the music video, it opens up with this giant, like, dial floating across, like, whiteness, like nothingness, and mm -hmm. it turns sideways, and there's, like, a little ticking thing, like, on a metronome, um, and it ticks back and forth, mm -hmm. and then you zoom in, and you see this kind of story and schism take place but then at the end of schism the metronome comes back and the needle sits perfectly flat and then disappears and so mantra is kind of a metaphor for the chaos the spookiness of the void of having the schism and then by the end of schism we get resolution so that's kind of like symbolically i think what it means mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just to give you some context on schism itself the music video is of these like humanoid creatures that are in this box and the tree of life makes an appearance in schism which is pretty cool too um and this box is cracking and decaying, and these humanoid creatures are walking on all four, like really creepily. And it's kind of a symbolic for their animal nature. They can't communicate. They're communicating like animals. And then at one point, the female character is able to do some weird digging into the male character's head. And then they wake up, and they're able to communicate and fix the schism. And the box doesn't break, and they actually fuse into one being. So, so like reverse Adam and Eve and the yeah. story of how people were created. So kind of like the metaphor of the two becoming one, squaring the circle. I guess also like the concept of having a kid, like the two become one. You know, some deep stuff. Circly square, squarely circle. square, squarely circles. All I know out of that is yeah. men are, or women are better than men. That's well, true. it's kind of interesting because in Greek mythology, back in the day, the idea was that humans were created as two-headed, four-legged beings, right? Mm. And then um, the gods didn't want people to be too powerful or more powerful than them, so they would break up people in half and you would find your soulmate. Mm. So this is like the backwards of that, like... I'm gonna cry. I know. It's like kind of wholesome. Isn't it? Yeah, I mm. believe in soulmates. Anyway. Chase, you look like you have a spicy comment. No. I mean, okay. yeah, the soulmate thing, I was thinking of that too, so... Aww. 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 Well, all is around. it because they're soulmates? They're soulmates. Because we're meant to be a four-headed, like... <laughs> Chase and her all combined into one body with two heads. Uh -huh. When we're not here, they, like, walk around in the crab position. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's because I have these scrubs that I got as a gift 
And they're a size small, but they could easily fit four hurrahs. I'm not even kidding you. Four hurrahs, one chase. Yeah, literally. They're massive. Like, all four of us could fit into these scrubs. I was like, what? Coming up next on Otoconia, four people, one scrub. Yeah. Oh, that's happening. Exploring different kinks. Welcome to Otoconia. (laughs) (laughs) Kinks for your ear rocks. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So let's get into kind of the context of the song a little more. So, Letter Alice is an album that came after some rough legal issues with the record label, and it also came with success of Maynard's other bands. So, Tool is a very meticulous band. It took 13 years to make this new album, and so Maynard, you know, being in his prime vocally, wanted to form another band, A Perfect Circle. Is that the name of the band? A Perfect Circle, yes. (laughs) And they blew off in, like, popularity. And so Schism was kind of written from Maynard's perspective of trying to fix kind of the beef between Tool, because, you know, Maynard's dividing his time between two bands. And so that's kind of where Schism kind of comes into place. It's kind of their come-together song. Mm-hmm. And it's also a way to let the fans know and themselves know that even through hardships, they're going to fit together and find greatness. And so on a thematic level... It's about the spiritual journey, uh, a, a previous split from belief, person, place, something that causes suffering, but also reaffirms the individual. So, Hurrah, break it down. What do you think of Schism? Um, well, it sounds like something my chemical romance wrote. What? spicy! The music. I don't know why, but when I was first listening to this, I was like, sounds like my chemical romance. And I'm sorry, I know this probably hurt you deeply, Connor, but I had to say Man, you were doing so well. I know, I know. I'm really, I'm failing the quiz now. Um, really interesting because I feel like this song is backwards for me in a lot of ways. Like, okay. you know how we were talking about in the music video, two people come together and they form one? Mm-hmm. Um, the first two uh, lines on this song are, I know the pieces fit because I watched them fall away. Mm-hmm. And that seems backwards to me, right? Wouldn't you know the pieces fit because they come together? Mm. You know? Right. So it is... It, it felt backwards to me, and I guess that does make sense because you're trying to create space, right? The song is all about that which separates us. Mm. And, you know, schisms. Um, can, I, can I spin off of that real quick? Go for it. I think in the first verse, we get kind of a hint to of kind of the spiritual content of this song. I think the song, you could see it as almost two lovers, and that's in the first verse. Yeah. Um, fu- fundamental, differing, pure intention, juxtaposed, will set two lovers' souls in motion, disintegrating as it goes, testing our communication. And I think, you know, finding love, like you talked about soulmates, is kind of part of that spiritual journey we've been mm-hmm. talking about on this album. And so they know the pieces fit because things have been working out until this point. And then some schism has appeared, you know, some fundamental difference in intention and that's what's interesting you know pure intention juxtaposed so these are two individuals who have, who have their own will their own beliefs and mm-hmm. they both think they're right they both think they're correct and that's what's causing this schism in which things are kind of decaying and so i think that's where we kind of start the song with this mm-hmm. recognition of this schism yeah i mean i think the lyrics throughout this piece discuss puzzles and relationship troubles mm-hmm. And let me tell you, puzzles have been the beginning of a lot of relationship troubles oh. for me. Um, is this, do you have a secret sponsor I don't know about? Is there like a puzzle company? That's... Puzzle company, the sponsor <laughs> of puzzles. Um, no. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of like once 
that passion is gone, you're left with this huge void and divide. Mm. Um, you know? And it, it, I don't know if it's, like, trying to be a song that kind of is trying to keep a relationship together when it's clear that something has fallen apart. Mm. Especially because the ending, he says, I know the pieces fit over and over and over. And it's like when someone keeps saying over and over, like, no, I don't have a crush on them. Like, you kind of doubt it, mm. you know? So, like, I know the pieces fit, but do they? Mm-hmm. Because this whole song is about, you know, beauty in dissonance and no one is to blame here. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like this passion is gone. Whatever connected us is gone. Well, I think the opposite. I don't think the passion is gone. I think there's too much passion. If you look at the bridge one, the light that fueled our fire then has burned a hole between us so we can't reach to see, we can't seem to reach an end crippling our communication. These individuals are both so passionate that it's burning a hole between them, which I think is like a really cool metaphor, really cool lyric. And there's too much passion in this kind of like fight or friction or schism. And so to know the pieces fit is almost this reaffirmation of, you know, we're two passionate people who at one point we fit together, but there's a schism dividing us right now. And so is there a way we can fit the pieces back together? So I, I guess it's really interesting because I saw it the exact opposite way. There is a schism within the podcast. There is a schism. Because I, like, it's like, you know when a fire burns so bright that it burns mm. out? Yeah. That's what I imagined. Like, the passion was there, and then, you know, something ignites in a relationship that causes a fight or a crack, mm. right? You know, like, you add gasoline to the fire or something, and it just blows up, and then it's done. You so, know? this is... Oh, man, you keep nailing this, dude. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you what I imagined so, in my brain. in the music video, when I told you the two people are like, combining into one, yeah. a flame appears above them, like this black circle, mm-hmm. like almost a black hole that spews fire. And, like, my interpretation was always that, like, that's, like, God or some, like, angel or spiritual because it's, like, you know, some weird presence mm-hmm. that's, like, appeared above them. But it's also cool that it works into that fire motif because there's this fire that's burning even brighter than ever which combines the two people on one. Yeah, interesting. Huh. So, and, wow. And I think that's kind of like the major point of this song is whether this is like a lover's struggle or like struggle of any kind. Yeah. You know, the poetry that comes off from scoring, the poetry that comes from scoring off between and the circling is worth it, finding beauty in the dissonance. You know, it's that struggle that is almost kind of like the point, you know? Like, it's not good to have this schism, but this schism has almost made them closer in the end once repairing it. You know, it's the beauty of distance, the beauty of struggle that makes you see, like, like the lyric says, finding beauty in the distance. You know, there is something yeah. beautiful about this struggle that's occurring. I mean, this whole song is just riddled with um, things that make no sense. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Hear me out. Like, um, a schism that brings you closer together. What are, mm. what are those things called? Contradictions. Contradictions. Thank you. Paradox. Par- yeah, a paradox. Ooh, like a po- I upped Chase on his vocab. Can I get some snaps? Oh, no, but like it is, it is contradictory, you know, schisms that bring us closer together. Mm. Circles that are squares and squares that are circles. Um, perfect squares. A perfect square. Check out my new cover band of perfect squares. And then beauty and dissonance, like the mm. two, like inherently dissonance is supposed to be, you know, kind of like this raw, ugly thing. Mm. So I, I do think that this song in and of itself is a contradiction. And maybe that's where the beauty is. Maybe... 
you know, we were talking about yeah. the spiritual journey in life. And it's weird to have suffering as part of the spiritual journey because it seems like such opposites. But that's kind of where life gets its strange beauty from. It's absurd. It's crazy. Shout out to Chase and his album choice of Glass Animals. Uh, we talk about the absurd. We talked about the absurdity of life and then lost the episode. But we will talk about it again. How would they ever know? How would they know? Well, I'm giving them context right They're now. They're going to know. How would they know? know? <laughs> Otakonio context. But yeah, I think that's kind of the point of the song is that beauty is within contradiction. Yeah. It's like a conversation that I had with um, a friend of mine who majored in art history at Harvard. Shout out to Harvard, I guess. I don't, I don't know. And I thought you were going to shout out your friends, but shout out to Harvard. Shout out to Harvard. I, I don't want to bring my friend into this. Yeah, that's like backwater school really needs the publicity. Basically. <laughs> they could use some free advertising on a very popular rock for your ear rock Sotoconia podcast. Squaring the circle, circling the squares. Yeah, and she was kind of talking to me about how, like, the only art that we really consider to be valid in really, like, um academic circles is that which is dark and sad mm. you know um which is really interesting because that's not what people are drawn to necessarily you know like you don't i don't i don't think a lot of people look back on the worst times in their life being like yeah that was a good time like but that it does i guess what i'm trying to say is like that does tend to maybe be the spark for mm. creativity and trying to contextualize the suffering mm. you know like if we don't romanticize it then how do we justify it or something like that right and i think another major theme we kind of missed too or we haven't talked about yet is the purpose of communication you know this whole song is talking about communication getting destroyed right in the last <laughs> bridge i mean the, the lyrics are such like a oh snap like Cold silence has a tendency to atrophy any sense of compassion mm -hmm. between supposed lovers. I mean, that's just like a chilling lyric. And like I said, the point of the music video is like moving from that animalistic behavior to communication. Like there is something within consciousness and the human experience that induces us with some form of, you know, communication. Mm -hmm. Like communication is essential to being human. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's why I deleted my Twitter. I can't communicate anymore. Alrighty. So that was Schism. Up next, we have the combo Parable Parabola. You're listening to Otoconia Radio. Circles for your squares and squares for your circles. And your ear rocks.
Oh, we are back. If you're on YouTube, we were never gone, so, you know, we're just continuing the conversation. Otoconia Radio, rocks for your rocks, candles for your candles. And ears for your ears. Ears for your ears. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> back. Hello. Or if you were, we weren't even gone, so. We've always been with you. Mm. Um, so Parabol and yes. Parabola. Yes. A Parabola is a shape in math. And let mm. me tell you, there's a lot of math in this album. There's a lot of math. Like 90% more math than I enjoy seeing mm. in my average music consumption. <laughs> <laughs> so, interesting that you brought that up. Parable and Parabola play on words. Chase, you have a fancy vocab word we can use? I think parable is the fancy vocab word. All right. <laughs> so a parable is a story that has like a moral meaning. It's also parable is a shape. It's a U-shape, so it's interesting because the way I interpret it is you're born here, you go through your life, and then you die. So you're at the same kind of plane as pre-birth versus death. So I like to imagine holding a bowl of soup mm. when I look at a parabola. Which is parati. <laughs> Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Chase. <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> we have a, yeah, I want to announce a new show to our, uh, our channel, uh, Vocab with Chase, uh, coming to you every Tuesday. <laughs> Why Tuesday? No, no, We're no. looking for sponsors desperately. <laughs> uh, this sure. week's episode brought to you by Scrabble. <laughs> uh, just kidding. So, the song, major theme, describes human existence in our own spirit and bodies in internal sense. And it is to illustrate the idea that life is just a place to prepare our spirits for some kind of eternal cycle or state of being, whatever that may be. Parabola, what, what do you think of that? Well, okay, parable. Are we talking about both parable and parabola? Or Let's start with parable. Okay, parable. I don't parable. pronounce words correctly. That's not my thing. So, that's why Chase is here every <laughs> yes. Tuesday. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, I think it's very difficult to talk about one without the other because they mm. are. Holding hands, especially Indeed. because the wor the lyrics overlap for the yes. last half of Parable and the first half of Parabolum. Whoop, sorry, whoop. Whoop, oh, YouTube, please. Oh, uh oh, 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 oh. Come at me, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, down with the copyright. Anyway. Um, for one second of freedom. <gasps> Fear of God and people. Mm -hmm. yeah, 40 seconds of screaming, one second of freedom. Um, <laughs> Otoconia. Yeah, Otoconia. So I felt like Parable was about, like, experiencing life in the now mm, it's yes. very much about what is this existence here and what it is to be human right like what was that hands touching hands reaching out <laughs> touching me touching you i don't know oh. is it from sweet caroline yes <laughs> i went to pit we have a interesting relationship with that song well i'm from boston so that's like, it plays wow. every 4th of July. Very heavy. The world's united right there. I know. Caucasian uh, culture, brought to you by Otoconia. <laughs> okay. My best friend's named after that song. If that tells you anything about her mother. Her mother probably makes a great potato salad. So. New show on Otoconia. <laughs> every Wednesday, check out Caucasian culture, brought to you by Otoconia. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're going to lose our one sponsor. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah, Parable, I feel like it's very much like I'm here in this body, in this moment. This is mm. my form and my now. Yeah. And then if it's okay with you, I'm going to segue a little bit into Parabola because I feel like Parabola takes that idea and is like, I am here in the now, but what about the later? Mm. You know, like, what is this reality? Reality is kind of an illusion. 
and what is our time? So I got to thinking about, you know, back in pre-algebra and all that good Ooh. stuff. Parabolas, you, you are so close to infinity on two ends of a spectrum. Damn. Right? Hear me out. Mm, the eyebrows are going. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like, where were we before we exist? Mm. We have this moment in the here and the now that is definite. Right? Like, you get to your x-axis or wherever you're going. I'm always just trying to get to my x-axis. I know you are, you lazy booty head. (laughs) So, um, that was harsh. Um, We need to get some Chipotle in her off fast. (laughs) Yeah, I get hangry. Um, and then you kind of leave this existence also in an infinite sense, right? Like, we don't know where we begin and where we end. And so everything in the middle is just a split second of our time. Mm. What is that if not an illusion? Right. You know? Some, so, hear me out. Math theory plus philosophy plus hanger equals, is this what tool is all about? You might have just found the hidden meaning of tool. Pew! Anyway, that's, <laughs> that's what I felt. I felt like these two songs were kind of, one is talking about the booty of the parabola. Mm. Like, this is where we are right <laughs> now. And then the actual—it's all about the booty. And then the actual parabola was about like existence outside of existence, and reaching one's higher self or before self or after self. That was wildness, hurrah! And I dig it. Snaps. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry, that was a lot. I don't no, know if that came no. across. That was great. Um, I think I'm basically reflect what you said I in think, a more concise and yeah way. I think parable is kind of something like a mantra. It's almost mm-hmm. like. Uh, a philosophy to live by you know the parable is very simple it's i am in this body right now it is very unlikely that i exist in this infinite parable of time Mm -hmm. and i'm going to enjoy my moment in this grand scheme of things right Mm -hmm. and so you know it's kind of this mantra of you know pain is an illusion you know pain doesn't exist in the external world it's something that our mind creates you know it's something that we bring into existence for some you know evolutionary thing but it's not Pain doesn't exist in the world, you know, without there to be a perceiver. So it's an illusion. And so Mm. you start off with this mantra that's calm and soothing, and then the song goes wild, and it turns into kind of the celebration of life, you know, going from, yeah, this is a philosophy of mantra I'm going to live by, to, holy crap, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I can experience things, I can feel, you know. I mean, just the miracle and the gift of feeling sadness or happiness or love you know, any of these human emotions that we can feel is so special because, you know, we exist here and now and we have this body and this brain and this consciousness. And mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of the point of the artwork, too. If you look at the hidden slices, there's a hidden Easter egg where on the brain of the latter Alice man, when you get to that slice, Alex Gray put the word God written into the brain cortex. And this is kind of a reference to um, Chase, I'm going to need some backup here. When, uh, when God is touching Adam's finger, what is that called? It's like the creation or something, that painting. It's on oh, the Sistine on Chapel. the Sistine Chapel, yeah. yeah. I think it's creation of Adam. Creation of Adam. Uh, the shroud that God is on, some people speculate, looks like a brain. And so, kind of a hidden Easter egg, right, to this concept of this holy experience, the divinity, the miraculousness of life, is something that we bring forth because we have the consciousness to understand it. Mm. And so... I think parable is really the celebration of being able to have that appreciation for life, you know. I think that deserves snaps from Connor because I liked that. And I also, uh, 
I like the idea of pain as an illusion. Mm. Does it exist if we don't experience it? Kind of like, does the forest tree make a sound if no one's around <laughs> to hear it? You know? If a tree falls on you in the forest, does it still hurt? I mean, did anyone hear it? If there are rocks in your ears and you don't know about rocks in your ears... Do they even exist? As far as I'm concerned, there are ghosts in my blood and someone needs to get me leeches. And maybe we can save that for leeches and ticks. <laughs> Good reference. Thank you. Um, but I think the, the lyric that really brings this home for me is twirling around with this familiar parable, spinning weaving around each new experience, recognizing this as a holy gift, and celebrate this chance to be alive and breathing. A chance to be alive and breathing. Mm. So like, what's so miraculous is that we exist now in this infinite, infinite time, and we can, you know, experience these experiences. We can twirl, dance around life, yeah. and, you know, we're alive, like, right now. You know, we don't know what happened before, we don't know what happens after, but just enjoying the moment is paramount to the spiritual journey which we were talking about, you know. We were talking about all the suffering, schism, the grudge, but just taking that deep breath, connecting, disconnecting yourself from all of your problems, and realizing, like, you know, I'm here, I'm now, that's all I and that's kind of what this song kind of reaffirms to me. Yeah. This feels like a lot of what my meditation app tells me on the daily. Um, but also, that could be the moral of this parable. Ooh. I think we should just end right there. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no yeah. That was a perfect, uh, perfect ending right there. Thank you. Um, alrighty then, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I cut a show? <laughs> no, no, no. Bro, bro, that wasn't a cut. Don't cut that out. No. <laughs> Pick up the drop. It was all too much. Cut the drop. Cut the drop. Sorry, her eye didn't mean to cut us off. No, 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 no. That's I didn't think I had another thought. Really, I just thought that was nice. Mm. Um, really, what I do here is bring down the filter and say words. <laughs> you know. And you say them in a pretty way. Thank you. That's what I went to college for. <laughs> so this was episode one. It's a long episode, but I I think this is my favorite episode of Otaconia so far. It's good. Very intimate. We're all just on the couch, chilling. Um, hurrah, any last remarks before we leave the people? Um, I'm really excited for us to do the second half of Lateralis, because I think this is an album that has a lot to offer, and it is your favorite, so we yes. have to listen and do all of it. Um, really glad that everyone could be here today. Really glad Chipotle is going to be arriving mm. in like five to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, happy holidays, if you're listening now. In the parable, happy maybe holidays. Otakonia coming from the parable. Yeah, if you're if you're listening in the parabola future, <laughs> happy whatever a you're doing. Somewhere around the corner. <laughs> yeah, right. It's always five p.m. somewhere. Yeah, happy Arbor Day if that's when you're listening. Chase, any last remarks for the people? Yeah, happy Arbor Day. <laughs> okay, Sarah, any last words for the people? No, just happy holidays and safe travels to mm. everyone. Don't squeeze your cat too hard. Yeah, you otherwise you're going to get a haunted house out of it. <laughs> uh, last remarks from me. Please check out our channel. Subscribe. It really helps with our analytics. Uh, you can watch the show on Spotify, on YouTube. We have an Instagram. Uh, Instagram is fun. We got cool advertising. Yeah, and uh, uh, also thank you again to our favorite sponsor. Third Eye Coffee. Third Eye Coffee. Their soap smells delicious. Their clothes are delicious. Their I coffee have, is delicious. I have yet to try their coffee, but I imagine... Tis delicious. We will one day. We will one day. Stay tuned for Glass Animals. Mm. Uh -huh. Yes. And T-Swift folklore. And more rocks in your ear. More rocks more in your ears. Rocks. Yeah. As Sarah said, we got Chase, special guest, star of his next, I guess, well, 
you were the star the first time we did it, so you'll be a star again when we do it again. Double we'll, star. He's we'll be doing, uh, what's the album, Chase, that we're going to be doing? Uh, How to Be a Human Being. Very nice. Sarah, you'll be doing your own episode, which we'll be talking about Taylor Swift's folklore, and eventually we'll have Maddie talking about Taylor Swift's Red. So, quite the peace treaty between the Tool and the Taylor Swift fans. They are one and the same. <laughs> they both of overlap. They both love crazy theories about when the next album's coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As we so, thank you guys. This has been a really fun episode. This has been a great time. Please subscribe. Please check it out. And keep rocking those ear rocks. Yee. <laughs> thank you guys. Peace. Oh my gosh, the spike of the... <laughs> it was just so blue. <laughs> <laughs>